Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This is Rebel Guru Radio, episode 11. This is Rebel Guru Radio with best-selling spiritual author Eric Pepin. If you like this podcast, please subscribe on iTunes and leave a positive review to help others like yourself find this knowledge. For all of the resources mentioned in this episode, check out our show notes at rebelgururadio.com forward slash episode 11. In this episode, Eric Pepin teaches you how to manifest money and relationships without jinxing yourself. Learn to overcome the subconscious barriers holding you back and the right way to amplify your manifestations with meditation. Plus, Eric reveals a clever method to make all your wishes come true. Enjoy. How would you define manifestation? I would define manifestation in the ability to to acquire or to have something become present in your life that was not there before and had a limited possibility of occurring based on whatever your circumstances were, an unlikely chance. So in other words, you're increasing the possibility to the point that it actually happens for you, that, that the, you know, that it's, it's a very tricky question, okay, because when you look at manifestation, there's the, the way to say, oh, something just fell out of the air, okay? That's going to be less likely. If you're talking about manifesting a love in your life or the perfect person, that's more likely. And the reason why it's more likely is because you're dealing with human consciousness and thought. You have a human consciousness, so you're affecting other people's thoughts, okay? So you're creating a situation or an outcome that's favorable to you desirable to you okay of your interest in the sense that it would not have had likely occurred otherwise you so, you willed something to to come into your life so what kind of things can people manifest well i i think it's wrong that people manifest on the idea of of money okay i think you can can have that as your agenda it's just that people have to be creative i i think we live in the matrix i uh, a reality that's synthesized per se okay so when like the the human body when we introduce a a medicine eventually we start to get an immunity system to it okay I think that if the planet's a living organism or it's a synthesized reality, it too builds a resistance to things, okay? So the idea is you have to up your game as to, to appropriating what you want. So last night in the lecture, I said, 
don't think about manifesting money or a relationship or whatever. Just focus on luck. Focus on, on manifesting luck in your life or being a lucky person, okay? Because what does that mean? If you call yourself lucky, you're pleased with whatever just happened. If you say, God, I'm just lucky at everything I do, well, you must be lucky at love because you must have met somebody. You must be lucky at income because you're happy with what you're making. You must be, so it's, it's like it turns the tide in a sense of hacking reality or the synthesized reality that it becomes favorable to you. If you think about manifesting, you're trying to make something favorable to you, but you're thinking to yourself, well, I've got to manifest a, a person in my life. And then you start thinking, I want them to have brown hair or blonde hair. They should be this tall and this, that, or yada, 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 or I want this car and da, da, da. I think the more specific you get, the chances of you achieving what you want become harder and harder and harder. When you leave this vagueness in this room for reality to accommodate what you're trying to bring into your life and let it kind of color some of those rules, I think you'll be extremely happy with the results, okay? But failure, I think, happens because you end up needing to do so much work to get the result that you forgot or you don't have the energy anymore to keep working on that manifestation. It's not just a one-time sit-down thing. So you should work on things that are smaller to manifest and get that positive feedback so that you're encouraged to do the bigger projects. But if you take luck and for instance, you say, I, I just really need to be lucky. I think it's, it's auto correcting. I think it's auto thing. If, if you're, if you've got already a great partner in your life, you already like your job and whatever, but your car just shit the bed. Okay. Then wouldn't you say that instead of manifesting for a car, wouldn't it be lucky if like somebody willed you a car out of the blue that was from the family or somebody offered to fix your car for, for nothing and let me just help you out. Or I just happen to have an extra part that you need. Okay, so are you lucky or did you manifest that? You manifested luck, which, which in turn created optimistic opportunities or things to kind of favor you in the direction that you're trying to move into. And that could be the same about, I, you know, I would like to grow my business and then all of a sudden you get a contract to come in the next day. And I hear these stories all the time, by the way, you know, from, from people who practice uh, HBI stuff. I have a question on that note in regards to luck. Some people kind of take that on as I have good luck or I have bad luck. Oftentimes people will say that upon another person as in you got bad luck. So it's kind of like the matrix through them is projecting this self-correcting program on you. It's not you who holds you in place. It's how other people perceive you. And this is why I say when you work on something, you're not just making something manifest into your own life. You've, you've got to work around the people that are actually blocking opportunity to come into your life. And so the universe has a lot to work with depending on how complex your, your living or life situation is. What are your thoughts on taking physical actions to make your manifestations come true? I think you need to do both. I think that if you're going to, to go after something, you should go at it with your entire arsenal to up your ante of success. So in, in other words, if, if you're, and this is a scenario we go through a lot when I try to teach this, if you're going to try to manifest a love interest, okay, but you, you go to work, it's the same job you go to all the time, it's got three employees, you don't have foot traffic coming in, you go to work, you stop, you pick up some groceries, same routine at the same place, and you go home and you spend most of your time watching TV at home, the chances of trying to manifest 
someone for a life partner to just come into your life and that that person's the right person, not just some person, okay? It's not, not like a one-nighter, okay? The right person. The, you've you've got to ask yourself what's going on in their life. What what are the chances that it can sequence the two of you guys are meeting up at the right place at the right time and having magic happen? Their life could be very similar to yours. Okay, so what is going to happen to make everything line up? So you have to say to the universe in a certain way, all right, I'm going to go to a coffee shop twice a week or I'm going to go into a public place. It, the, the odds that this other person may go to a coffee shop are significantly higher than them saying they're going to go to the local mini mart at a specific time and just grab something and get out because it's five seconds in and out. If, you, if they decide I'm gonna to go to a coffee shop and they can get them to all of a sudden think about coffee, go to the coffee shop, the odds are gonna be higher. So you got a one hour window, maybe you're sitting there and you leave, okay? But if you consistently do that, their one hour that they're there will start to maybe get closer and closer and closer where all of a sudden there's a reason they stayed longer or they were on the phone and then they, they decided they're just gonna stay for an extra hour and then all of a sudden you walk in and say, hey, can I borrow this chair? And you make a comment about their t-shirt and then it begins. So the, the, the point is, is that you've gotta help the matrix, okay, to help you. And if you're going to isolate yourself, you can wait five years for that right person to manifest into your life, or you can increase the odds by exposure. Do you follow me? So the other thing is, is that if you really find that you're in a remote situation, then I would say that you're going to have to quadruple up on your manifestation sessions. And it can't be one time in a week to do it. You're going to have to spend an hour once a day for a month if you're in some some extreme situation where there's just no people going out to the middle of Iowa on some ranch. You know, uh, do you see what I'm saying? So you, you've got to feed the program so it can start isolating the right person. I mean, you know how, I mean, it's like winning the lottery. Uh, the right per you can meet great people who have a one time, but you, there was no love connection. So you're trying to find that right person. Unless you're trying to just get actionable, the odds are a lot better in that way. And it's going to work out. But, you know, you also have to recognize the simple fact that sometimes uh, these things, you have to recognize them. So you're, you're lonely. You just want to meet some people to kind you know, whatever. Okay. You're thinking it's going to be a person or you think it's going to be whatever. And then a friend comes and say, hey, there's this new app. You should try it out. Let me help you set it up. And you're like, no, 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 I don't like doing those things. You need to realize something else is happening. When was the last time somebody asked you to do that? You could say, well, never. Well, think about it. It's the universe trying to line something up because that other person may be using the app somewhere else. But do you think that some people overthink that in some situations? Like, let's say a get rich scheme comes along right after they did a manifestation. And then they're kind of duped into thinking that because they think that's what they manifested. Common sense begets common sense. You know, as uh, Forrest Gump's mother would say, you know, dumb is what dumb does. Look, you, you've got to ask yourself certain questions and you need to vet things, okay? Just because you have a, an opportunity come up and you assume because you've been manifesting and it landed in your lap, you have to do your due diligence. It just could be coincidence, okay? That's all it is. Or the universe does not get emotional in the sense we do. It doesn't think like we do. It's like, it's like, a, it's like it thinks it's completely almost alien to how we think, okay? It doesn't have a body. It doesn't have biochemicals. It doesn't dress in clothing or hip jewelry or go out for a haircut, okay? It's, it's something that, that almost doesn't 
really connect with us on that level. It connects with us spiritually. So when it's it's creating something for you, it's trying to fit the mold of what you're feeling, what it senses that you are desiring, not so much money. It doesn't understand money. So in some cases, you can manifest something that not necessarily is ideally what you thought you were going to get. It says, oh, well, there's a sense of money around this. It feels like what you're feeling like. This is why you got to be very specific with your work, but you got to say, no, you know, I don't think this is the right thing because it's, it's, you know, there's, there's sloppy meditation and there's good meditation. There's sloppy practice and there's bad practice. If you're manifesting, how good was your manifestation? How specific, how clean was your session? So I'm saying if you manifested for money and then a quick, get rich, quick schemer comes along, I would say you should have listened to, to Pepin and you should have just went with luck because the luck would have been that you didn't get stuck with that guy and you actually ended up doing the right one. And he could say, oh, my manifestation for luck is working. What are some common misconceptions about manifestation? I think people think that it's like wishing. I wish for this perfect person, blonde hair, blue eye, blah, 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 or I, I am wishing for a better house or I'm wishing for my house to just sell or something like that. It's, it's, it's so generic of, of thinking that people don't want to do any work. People are perpetually lazy and it's the truth. Okay. When you think about sitting down and manifesting, okay, if you don't get instant gratification, especially in this generation and the generation you know that's coming, everything is about this McDonald's kind of idea of, of how things are supposed to play out. Okay. You are changing the probability of the circumstances of your life. Okay. You need to sit down and commit to a level of self-work that is worthy of the price and reward of your efforts. What is the role of wishing in manifestation? When I say do wishing, okay, and we use the word wish in the context we just started in, there's I wish for this like you're blowing out candles and you just expect for your wish to come true, okay? That is completely different than what I said in the last session about, you know, working on wishing or to say to, to manifest luck or to uh, manifest a sense of wishing in your favor. It still takes a half hour to an hour of decent work at least once a week. And then you can expect a decent result anywhere from the first session to up to a month. But by the time you're three or four in, I'm pretty confident if you do things the way you're supposed to and you commit to your one hour, that's a lot of work, one hour, okay, that you will get the results you want. But if you're just going to wish and walk away or blow out your candles or see a shooting star and say, this is my wish, okay, you're not going to get, this is not what I'm talking about. I'm saying for one hour, focus on the value of a wish, feel what a wish feels like what is the reward if you wish for something in order to happen how would you feel and this is what you're saying to the universe you're saying this is what i would feel and it goes oh i know this what this is i'll create more of that feeling in your life well that feels pretty damn good if it's what i'm thinking this goes into training when we train people about feels like all of these things are interconnected if somebody wants something they either want to do the work for it and train for it and get the knowledge for it and actually be able to do shit or they're the lazy people who just want to have like some some magic lamp they, they rub the reality is it ain't gonna fucking do jack shit okay but if you're going to consciously use your mind on reality and change your frequency the universe will react to you so the first thing you have to do is consistently keep changing your frequency. It's like a katana sword. You gotta keep banging that metal to get it to shape into the way you want. You change your consciousness. You change the way the muscles in your face look. Just be how you think. You change how people feel about you, whether somebody likes you immediately or not. 
There are so many telltales in life that we overlook. There are moments in our life that, if you really think about it, that you're really riding high. And one would say, do you feel lucky? And you'd be like, yeah, yeah, I feel lucky. And you're feeling lucky and you're meeting the right people and people turn, I don't know why I like you, I just like you. You know, they don't even know that you feel lucky, okay? But you're just like, yeah, and everything's good. But then something traumatic happens, okay? And you all of a sudden self say to yourself, oh my God, this is awful, I'm awful this, I'm awful that. Whatever happens, it was an accident. It's just a crapshoot. But the favorable, consistent odds used to be for luck, but you had one bad thing happen. So now your mental ability goes to this dark place, okay? And you start festering. And that festering starts to convert your positive outlook, which starts creating positive things to keep happening in your life. And it changes course into a darker, more negative place where you start to feel, I have no more luck in my life. I have complete unhappiness. I'm miserable. I have everything. And it's when you're in that place, it's so hard to fight to get out of okay so this is where you manifest because what else do you have going for a walk ain't cutting it you're in a deep funk you've lost your car you your your whole life has declined into some pathetic level okay what is the one thing you can always go back for manifesting it's a power of knowledge that's always with you that all you have to do is sit down and put it into play it doesn't require any other thing but a level of effort and if you have a tool to amplify it wonderful Okay. On that note, this is a challenge for people when they are in that bad place, that they're worried that when they manifest, it will be a corrupted manifestation and manifest more negativity. Well, of course. And that, that this is where, you know, this is where I say sloppy minds. I'm not, I'm not going to be the kind of teacher that rubs you on the back. You know why? Because you'll never be the student that gets results. Okay, go find somebody rubbing your back and they'll be rubbing your back for another 20 years. Okay, I don't rub backs. I smack them on the back. Okay, like I'm smack people in the back of the head for saying what you just said because I'm like, listen, Dodo. Okay, yeah, you're going to be worried you're going into a negative place. Yes, you're compounding it. Okay, but it, it, you have to sit there and you need to ask yourself, what am I missing to get my funk out of the way temporarily? Did we not teach you how to meditate? Did you not learn how to attain mindfulness? Did you not learn how to remove thought from your head from temporary moments? Did you not learn how to put up a pyramid? If you can't do these things and then have them up and have some level of, of, of quiet in your mind so that you can move to your manifestation just for 15 minutes or five minutes without thinking about your worries, okay then there's no point in you manifesting you should be practicing your general training that's why you meditate twice a day it makes you into a badass your kung fu is 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 able to maneuver into other schools of training and skills and abilities and actions from them but it comes back to the same rudimentary training learn your meditation learn to breathe learn to calm your mind everything is in your head i know people it's a, it's like a it's like an atypical thing to say but it's so true Learn to quiet your mind, conquer the world. Learn to quiet your mind, learn to have happiness rage in your life. We all will be affected by, by negativity. We all will be affected by the negativity of other people willing it on us. We are all affected by what's going on in the world. Shit happens all the time. This is the difference between an optimist and a pessimist. And when shit gets really bad, even for me, I sit down, I plop down, I go, there's only one thing left I can do. I'm going to check out from all this bullshit. Because in the end, it's all bullshit. It's all an illusion. How do I know that? I know how to breathe. I know how to work with my chakra points. I know how to, to quiet my mind slowly. I know how to blow my crap out psychologically so that I can get a respite in my mind and get some leverage, some gain to tackle this problem.
And once I've, I found that calm in me and say, all I have to do is just put it outside of me temporarily. It ain't going nowhere. I know I ain't going to worry about losing my problem. It's going to come right back like a boomerang. Why? You know, you have to have the skills in order to, to gain some ground. You are the ultimate warrior if you can meditate for crying out loud. It means that anytime the shit really hits the fan, you pull out your wild card and it says, I get to do a free checkout. And when I do my checkout, that's when I'm going to start changing the odds. That's when I'm going to manifest. That's when I'm going to use that, that skill to leverage me shortly afterwards, okay, to start leveraging this problem to divert in a different direction. But the problem is, is people who are pathetically lazy. They're unwell. This is, this is not necessarily just people. This is a cosmic force we call the dough or a synthesized program reality being imposed on you because you're supposed to follow a normal state of funk. You're supposed to be just like ants and bees and organisms and plants and it goes through this cycle. And the lions don't have a good day. They're always losing a limb, rotting, hobbling around, getting eaten by the, the, the hyenas and everything. And then there's other times where it's laying out in the field and we're totally envious of it. But you've, you've got to say to yourself, what do you have above all other species and including other human beings? motherfucker, I can sit down and I can go into a meditation no matter how bad it is. I've trained myself in a crisis situation to sit there and just go boom um, and, and consistently keep working on my level of calm with the skills I've learned and the ability to recognize all the rattling going on in my head that the Kung Fu, you start pushing it out of your way. You maneuver this, this, this person coming at you in your mind right over your head with no effort. Once you find that inner calm, you've gotten a time out. And at that time out, the badass in you comes out. And you go, now I'm going to use my skills and training that I've learned to manifest this problem to get the frick out the door. That's how you do it. The next day, you do it again. The next day, you do it again. It's hammering that katana. Bend that metal that should have been the rest of your life and change it. Don't expect it to happen in one session. The bigger the problem, the more the work. But any problem with the right amount of consistent uh, approach and technique is, is absolutely, you can do anything. If you look at the shit I've gone through in my life, look at the favoritism and look at the, how things worked out. I mean, I, the odds were astronomical. If you want to manifest something you never had before and you don't know the emotion or feels like to project, let's say you never had a lot of money, how would you acquire that feels like or emotion? Then, then think about a place that feels like money go into a very fancy furniture store and imagine, you know, all this furniture that you, nobody says that that's a, it's a set it and forget it. It's a momentum that if you keep feeding it wood will continue to get bigger. So you go to places that have my oath to say, don't hang out in the poorer places. If places have crappy energy, like I teach in ties at bind, if that doesn't blow your mind with what you can feel. And if you don't go back to ties at bind on a daily basis and think about that, that's why you people end up in the rut that they are. All you have to do is say, you know what, I'm going to walk to the better energy place. It's a newer building, newer environment, newer park, newer whatever, okay, even if I got to take the city bus there. And if you go there once a day and walk around and you feel that energy and you try to exclude from the negative energies as much as possible, that alone is going to change the direction of your life. I, I, I guarantee it. Environment changes the psyche of your mind. The world is the temple by which we exist within and, it, and it, it's constantly imposing something on us. If you go to a negative environment, that negative environment starts to feed a negative in your mind. If you go to positive places that are pleasing to the mind, so too does the mind go to that place. Hence the reason why artists and poets and everything seek to create beauty. 
because it, it reinforces the mind. And if you look at wealthy people, they're always reindulging in wealthy things. And this is, this is usually better energy because they, they naturally start figuring it out. It's people who, who settle and get into a, a, a non-complacency, okay, or a complacency level of, of their situation and they don't fight to get out of it. You gotta fight, it's a fight. The second you recognize it, it's called self-awareness. When you go, this is shit, but you know, eh, it's my life. No, fuck that shit. I'm getting the hell out of this bubble. And the first thing Pepin says, go to the local mall, go to a, a, a brand new park, go to some place. Nature is constantly renewing itself, okay? These are the places that you want to spend the majority of your time. And then all of a sudden, job opportunities are going to come up. Or somebody's going to call up and say, move out here, I'm going to help you. I just landed a great job, I'm going to hook you up. It's like weird, your luck changes. But it starts off with, with your consciousness, your mind, where is it? Are you even capable of checking in with yourself to ask yourself where it is? That's what the training is for. That's why you have eyes and you, you, you learn what eyes mean in, in spiritual training that we give. You start isolating all this and this is what is real power for you to change your life. But if you become complacent, you, you're lost because you're, you're, there's not enough fight for you to change. So if you ain't got the fight, then ask yourself, can you get your ass off the couch, out the door, no matter how depressed you are, and go someplace of peace and beauty and something that would inspire you. And just keep going back to it, and it will drain the poison out of your life until you have enough strength psychologically to take a bigger step in a better direction. And luck starts to beget luck. But negative attracts negative. Get rid of the people who are negative. What do I always say? People, you know, say, oh, gurus always say, leave your family, leave your friends, move away. No, that's because they want you for their own means. They want you to be there for their own entertainment, their own person to have around to hang out with, their own when they're lonely, you're there, okay? They're not so worried about what the hell's going on in your life. They're more worried about what's going on in theirs. A guru says, anybody who sees you in a certain way and, and talks to you that way, okay, and treats you that way, they don't allow you to grow as a person. You know you are not necessarily the person that everybody is treating. You feel like you're some kind of alien. Go find your own people. Find your own spiritual people who will enliven you, okay? So in essence, it's saying go somewhere where nobody knows you and you can be that person. All you have to do is spend the first week being as positive, fake ass as you can, but it becomes you then. It becomes real. It's not fake no more. And so the, the people in your life will go, ah, oh, come on, Bill, you know you just want to go and do this and that. Let's go get drunk again. You're like, no, I'm tired of drinking. I'm tired of the same routine. It's so predictable. You, you've got to be around other people that you meet and, you're, and they're, they're like, hey, you want to go do this and that? And you're like, oh, I've never done that before. Don't shut it down. All right, let's, let's, go, you know, let's go do this or that. You've got to change your environment. And usually it's the people you're around. What are your thoughts on positive affirmations and being an optimist? I think that's an optimist way of approaching the world, and I think it's fantastic. Um, you know, some people say, well, that just makes them weak because they always try to find a good. Well, statistics say different. As I was saying before in the other class, uh, uh, people who are optimistic over, I think it was a 30-year study, they were saying versus pessimistic, okay, or considered themselves pessimistic and considered themselves optimistic, uh, had better marriages, longer marriages, greater wealth, greater happiness, greater everything. And the people who were pessimistic 30 years old were just as miserable as they were then. And the people who were optimistic actually ended up with significantly more in their life, materially-wise, personally-wise, emotionally-wise, than the pessimist. So there's something to it, it's undeniable. So in other words, why wallow in something that's negative 
in the end, if you can't change it, and if you can't change it, why do you have to be negative about it? You can be positive and do the change at the same time. It's better on the body. We know the immune system goes up when you're happy. We know the immune system goes down when you're unhappy. What does that tell you? Well, if you're tired and you're sick and, and vulnerable, that's because your, your negative side of yourself that you didn't fight enough to change it, now it's compounding to where you are really depressed because now you feel ill. It's like you got the flu, you ain't got, you're tired. You're, everything is just going wrong in your life. If you fight, fight, fight to change that okay you can and you can make it your life and then you got to protect it this is why you got to keep practicing your whole life with your meditation that's the front line okay that's what keeps your garden green inside okay so in in essence being an optimist or having positive affirmations but the, this is the problem the mind is a very tricky thing when you have affirmations the biggest thing i see in people is that they begin to parrot what they are saying rather than thinking about what they're saying and, 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 and feeling and imbuing it. Uh, I think people get so automated, oh, I'm going to do my daily affirmation, that this is how the dough beats you at your own game. You are convinced you're doing all the right stuff and then you're miserable because nothing's working for you but you're doing all the things you were told to do. No, you're not being mindful. You're being mindless. You're just doing it and it's just words from your mouth and you're not thinking or feeling about it. It's like listening to a song, but never knowing the words to it. To one day, you're so deep in love, you actually start listening to the words and you think, oh my God, I can completely relate to all these songs, okay? You've got to listen to what you are doing for your affirmation for it to take root in you. What are your thoughts on jinxing yourself? It gets into the this whole you know paradox of is there luck or is there is there bad luck is there jinxing something is there something being unjinxed okay this starts getting into old wise tales and it starts to get into superstition it's not that big of a leap to see a black cat cross your path and say to yourself ah it's what do you believe at the end of the day it always comes down to one thing what do you believe because what you believe is your reality that you put in front of you it's everything you see Okay, you know, there's a saying that if somebody looks out and they meditated and you just finish, your mind is clear and you're in a better place, everything looks richer in color. And it's true. Everybody who meditates will say it's like somebody peeled a gray film and everything looks like, and then slowly over time it fades back down to normal. So when you think of jinxing, there's several things that can happen. Okay, is that you can have people, people are innately usually jealous. We are an envious creature. So anytime somebody may get something more than what we have, a greater success, a new car, more money, they're going on a trip, there's this inkling of selfishness and jealousy that is in most human beings. And it's very rare for it not to exist because you want what other people are having. You want that joy that they're, they're experiencing. You want that moment that they're having, even though you've had five of those moments. And that's being truthful. That's self-observation. It's only through self-observation and truth that you can move yourself slowly away from your ego or diminish it, okay? So when you pronounce certain things and then people have that, they might say, oh, I'm so happy for you. I say, ask yourself really what you're feeling inside. It's only when you can be that truthful can you say, yeah, there was a little jealousy there. Yeah, there was a little knee jerk there. It's always the subtle stuff that programs and manipulates reality versus the, the frontal thought that we think because that's all fake. The truth has a frequency that ears out. So this is where other people's energy can affect you just by what you say. And it can, it, it's, it, I see everything in reality as a matrix by self-governing rules. That, you gotta understand the universe 
creates the least amount of wasted energy. What is the most efficient way? So instead of having in the Wi-Fi of consciousness something running all the rules, it says when you integrate with other similar species and you convey something in order to keep you in a certain dough level, just do your work, be like the ants, be like the animals, don't, don't move yourself to a higher consciousness, it, it's going to use the people to self send a frequency efficiently because it's not going to be focusing all the time 24 7. It's just when you, it's like a ball for a pinball machine and it rolls around and it hits something, it goes ding and it bounces it around, ding, it bounces it around. So here you are with this great idea trying to work something. But in this case, you're trying to avoid those things, but your joy is you want to share it because we always want to, to share it. And what are we doing? Egotistically, we're like, na 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 nu nu, or look, I got this going on. You know it could hurt everybody else because you're doing it because it was done to you. This if you really dig into this, it's crazy, okay? So every time you hit one of these little ding, it bounces you. It's they're saying, "Oh, I'm so happy for you," but really inside they're like, "No, oh, I need a vacation. I wish I was going. Why does he get to go? He don't deserve it." Everybody justifies their own means. I don't care who you are. It's very rare to have somebody sincerely have joy for you or have happiness for you. You know, usually it's a parent or somebody who genuinely has a good deal of, and sometimes not even that. Can you explain the opposite of this phenomena? Like when you hear these stories about Jesus who would send his disciples into a town ahead of himself to spread the word before performing certain miracles. Well, we're going to bring the Jesus word up, huh? But, you know, it's. I think it's also true for other spiritual teachers. This was, was very traditional is that they understood, and I, I believe that they understood reality was an illusion, okay? It's not something that, that they could profess out because most people couldn't wrap their mind around it like they can today in a day of computers, okay? That it's a matrix, illusion is a matrix. But so what they did is they understood that the collective mind of a, of a hub, meaning a gathering of people, tend to have a thinking. This is like to say why people in the South may have the same accent or people in other countries have accents or why you could go to Europe and you go to Europe and each person has their own language. There's pride, but there's also an accent that comes from that. There's identity comes from that. So these are pods. These are annoyed piles, I call it. So they knew that if they sent out people who absolutely were firmly believers, absolutely had that frequency and it was very strong in them, they were stronger than the general vibe, that by just talking about stuff people would be open to that and what would happen is is that their thinking would become more applicable to it so instead of shutting down the miracles that they created with their minds as groups they made it so that that person could project the miracle have the miracle happen in the matrix and their mind was open enough to keep it from being shut down it was able and once they seen it they then too reinforced that consciousness energy that reality could be be rewritten or remolded so do you think that method of manifestation still works? I do. I just think it's it's harder and it's different. This is why I say you've got to change the approach because now, you know, there there's there's science will say blah 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 blah. And what people don't realize is that with science it's always changing. It's just as as watered down in some cases and out there as 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 anything else. So we have the internet, we have everybody fighting for our minds, vying for information, and everybody in today as generation is information junkies. But do you really filter the information you're studying? Do you really look at it? No. So the problem is is you are a product of a much larger pr productive noid. You know, what people don't really realize is, is, you know, you always hear these things, there's a fight for your mind in marketing, there's a fight for your mind, and you just think, oh, is this black ops stuff or whatever, or it's just like these, these crazy, you know, conspiracy, but there's a truth to it.
And it's it's much simpler to understand. You don't have to get that that much on there. But you know, if you look at like stuff like like Google, God forbid, because Google's now starting to become the word God. Because if they don't like you know Facebook, if fa Facebook's already tampering with the consensus of thought that's out there. They're they're minimalizing what ideas can be seen more often and what ideas will be seen more often. Well, that's a form of mind control. Same thing goes for Google. Search words will give you certain things based on what they want you to find. And then other things that they necessarily don't agree with or don't believe in, they marginalize or they make it so hard for that that thinking to get evolved or noticed, they do it. So what happens if you got a bunch of people that have a religious perspective or a, a scientific perspective or a a, a, uh, uh, a, a perspective of politics, okay, who are governing what information you're going to find. You're going to start molding people to only know the information that you want them to have so your opinions start to become like theirs. I want to go back to what you were saying about that kind of inkling of something happening in the back of a person's mind, and that's actually what programs reality. It doesn't necessarily have to be something bad, but oftentimes it is. Is this how the Matrix keeps reality in check? through our subconscious minds? Everything is about the inner subconscious. Every, we are programmers, do you understand? But we do it on a subconscious level. And it doesn't mean that what we, we subconsciously put out there takes, it's, it's, it's more like what is the, the number odds of that instant. It's always constantly calculating. So whatever the, the statistical odds of that inner inkling that goes along with the framework of reality of whatever's being presented, that's the direction things tend to take. So your, your busy mind, the babbler mind, the part that you can't shut up because when you tell it to shut up, it just does what it wants it to do, is, is basically there to keep you kind of walking around as I call a zombie, okay? If you train and you meditate and you get familiar with all these techniques, you awaken because you get more and more familiar with that inner side of you that's able to observe yourself with all this foolishness you do and all of this, this yippee yap. You start to realize the, a higher truth and that means that you become a, a programmer in a sense, a spiritual person or an enlightened person that sees a different truth to things. It doesn't mean that you're not coexisting on the lower levels, but you're kind of aware of all of them at the same time. And you're not always able to hold that, but you're able to go there when you need to. So in, in essence, that inner part is always contributing through all human beings, okay? We are, are contributing to have an effect. It's, it's efficient. Do you see what I'm saying? It's incredibly efficient to be designed this way. Let's say someone believes in astrology and they're reading their astrology chart and they believe that it's dead on. Does this then in turn manifest because they believe in their astrology chart? Well, this is bubble thinking and, and some people could accuse us of bubble thinking, but if you really look at our stuff, it's incredibly broad and we try to prevent that from happening. But the simple point I think is a better way of saying this. If you read a vampire series for a while, you see the world through that eye. You, you start to think about vampires everywhere or how they would do stuff. If you read a spy novel, you're in spy mode. You're like, oh, I wonder if these people are really spies. If you watch a UFO movie and you go camping, you hear a rustling out in the woods, you think, oh, maybe those are aliens landed by if you watch a horror movie then you know it's some bad guy out there if you watch a wild kingdom you know loose atacondas what are giant spiders then you're thinking maybe that's a giant spider we, this is how simple the human mind is and we have these things in, in post so the idea is can you get past all that and separate yourself and this is this is where you know religion 
kind of teach you like a recipe book, do these things. And in my opinion, religion has always been about the politics of making money and controlling the masses. It started off when people were very naive. The average education wasn't even third grade, okay? It was probably lesser than that. And people didn't need some direction. It just got to the point where it became incredibly abusive. And the, you know, all the people who were in religion were incredibly wealthy compared to impoverished people who would give everything just to buy into heaven or give all their life earnings so that you get the blessings of God or, or whomever so that your children who passed away from some illness would, would get into heaven. And it was a racket. Where you have the difference in, in spirituality, meditation, everything, the idea is not to exteriorize with monetariness and stuff like that. We have to deal with it in the sense that we have to live, okay? But at the end of the day, we're saying be aware of what your thoughts are. Be aware of what you're thinking. Be aware of what your actions are instead of automating and doing like a recipe book. You're you're being more aware of where your emotions are, where your thoughts are, where your actions are, and you're going deeper and deeper in your mind, asking deeper, more inquisitive questions in regards to your relationship to the universe, God, space. All of these things are very enriching and liberating. In your manifestation technique, you tell students to humble themselves to the universe before they ask for their wish. Can you explain the reason for that? Well, you, when you think about humble, it, it means to really remove yourself as much as possible from desire. You have your own interests, you have your own wants, you have your, your th it's, you know, it's the old saying that I threw out there many years ago is to say, you know, when people pray to God, they talk at God. I need new shoes. I need a new ring. I need this person to, to stop cheating on me. I need a new roof for my house. It's want, want, want. It's talking at God. You're not really having a conversation, okay? You're not really listening. When you meditate, you're not asking for anything. You, you simply are just wanting to be in the presence of the universe and saying, I'm going to listen to whatever you want, okay? But you still can't remove yourself from the survival of this dimension and how harsh it is to survive, okay? And that you are affected spiritually and psychologically and mentally. But to say to God or the universe, this is my problem and I, I know it is, so you got to fix it, is idiotic. It's it's like like a five year old telling an adult that's forty what what the kid is. It's saying you know I need this box of 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 candies in order to make me happy in life. Okay, and they're not realizing that that's not really the answer. So when you convey to God, I say, wish for happiness. Humble yourself. Humble yourself. Don't want for anything. It knows what you want. Just wish for happiness. It's a desire for the universe to help you, but not be specific as to what it needs to fix. It knows. It knows better than you. Just allow it. Why do you use the word wishing and not desire? You know, this is all wordplay, and every, every culture, words can take on different meanings for the same thing, okay? At the end of the day, let's dissect it from our perspective and do the training it feels like, okay? Desire is wanting something usually specific. You're desiring because you're lusting. You're desiring because you want money. You're desiring because you want to go on a trip. You're desiring you want something that's not yours, okay? Wishing could be wishing for something that's not yours, wishing for, for love, whatever thing. But I'm saying to you, take wish to a deeper level. Remove, like you would in your mind, all these things. And wish has a very clear thing. It's, it's saying to the universe, you need help, okay? It's a very um, humble 
way to convey to say, I just simply wish to be happy and I will allow the universe to do whatever you want. I think the most powerful responses from the universe or the most powerful manifestations come from the most simplest, purest, cleanest states of asking for them. So the, the less complicated and the less specific you can get, the more likely you're going to get what you need. What do you think about other schools of thinking that says to focus on what you already have? Yeah, I don't, I don't agree with that. Because if you think about what you already have, there's a, it's another thing. You could right. be poor and want more. You can be middle class and want more. You can be a, a hundred millionaire and you want to be a billionaire. And a billionaire wants to become a trillionaire. And the trillionaire wants to run the planet. Okay, there's always something more. It just you got to get past all of this. You, you will get those things if the universe deems that you should have them and you're trying to say to the universe, I know better than you. And if I just have this, I will be happy. Stop giving me, you know, this great lover. Stop giving me all of these wonderful things in my life. Stop, you know, just do this. And, and it, you know, you could be a millionaire and still be suicidal. It doesn't, it's not a fix. What things do you recommend new people to start out manifesting to build confidence or momentum? Well, look, now we're going to just do the opposite of what I just said, okay? If you want to direct your wishing, you want to get to the core of your subconscious. If you're not, like, at this level, like, where I can go in my mind and stuff, okay, then you have to ask yourself, what, what did we say this whole conversation? Subliminal? You know, whatever. If if you put a $100 bill on a table and you, you have it out there, okay, you want that $100 bill, you're thinking about it, especially if you're saying to yourself, I'm not going to use it for one week, even though you really could use it, okay? Then you sit down, you do your wish meditation. There's some very, very clear part of you that's thinking about that $100 bill. And it's not attached with a whole lot of technicality. Like this will get me, if you give me 10,000 of these, it'll get me a car. This will get me a boat. This will get me a house. This will get me the life I want. This will get me the person to love me the way I want. So you're presenting it as a background potential. And in a sense, it's manipulative, but it's our nature. But you're, you're doing it in a way that's a lot cleaner and a lot sincerer. And I think the universe is good. I often said you can't control the universe. The second you try to grab it, it moves away from you. We know this from doing the meditations that I taught through the, the higher balance method, the tones that you hear. They're undeniable. They're crazy. But the second you try to grab them in the sense of listening to them harder, they fade away. When you, when you kind of ignore them, they stay away. If you admire them, they, the more you admire them, the more they come louder to you. And then you start to learn to maneuver through all these incredibly loud frequencies. The same is true by saying that you should look at that like, like money when you present it to the universe. You, you don't look at the money as, a, as a, something you can grab or control or is controlling. You need to look at it as something that is admirable or appreciative and, on, and, and in a sense of how much better it can make a lot of things but without being specific. Would it be advantageous to approach manifestation with a feminine approach? I think anything should be approached with non-feminine, non-masculine. This is where non-thought, the purest level of, of neutrality in you is the less convoluted uh, communication to the universe. There are, what, 7 billion people on the planet? They're, they're all wanting, yakking, talking, mentally going, okay? It's not that the universe can't hold all that, but why is the universe going to stop and focus on you for a tenth of a moment? what is making you so unique that it would want to interfere in your life or change things. So it's not necessarily God. It's, it's, it's the backdrop of God running everything. It's the same thing. I can have a conversation with you guys, but am I having a conversation with your microverse? 
No, but your microverse, if I was a part of it, would be running my life, not you. You're not thinking about your lungs breathing, your heart pounding, the organisms in your body, the trillions of protozoan organisms. There's a whole universe in there happening. But it's affected by your optimistic or your pessimistic mood. We know that. It's affected by certain things. So what is going to affect, I would say, affect the program that you're in rather than trying to 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 get it decilified or just, you know, down to the personality of having a conversation with the universe like you're going to have a sit down. Why is it when you meditate and you learn how to harness prana that your manifestations are stronger and faster? Well, let me, you know, we, this, this comes up all the time. There's a lot of answers for it. I like to keep things very simple but very accurate okay it's all in how you we look at things prana for those who don't know is essentially the energy by which we use to do stuff so most people say oh i can do psychic stuff i can do spiritual things i can heal people what they don't realize is everything in this universe needs an exchange of energy to happen fire doesn't burn without wood wood doesn't grow without water and sunlight yada yada it goes on and on and on and on okay so in essence we need prana to use our psychic sensory to be able to investigate our spirituality to become spiritual to transverse our mind to a higher level we need a a sensory that can understand these finite energies and this is why i say you got to develop psychic stuff forget all this other crap that's out there from new age stuff so having said that when when you take in prana okay prana is the air that propels the vocal cords in in your words it is the ink in a pen it is the the thing that constructs or works with as a material and a, a source of of, of energy that that communicates or gives you the means to communicate to change or affect or relate to reality as we understand it it is the the energy that that everything around you will react to so by by acquiring a quantity of it and infusing it with your interests okay and representing it out it's, it's a form of programming reality so it's a form of broadcasting. Well, it's it's if you if you think about broadcasting, take it a step back. Okay, broadcasting is what you're interested in. Where is the broadcast coming from? What is creating the energy to broadcast it? What manifested it into a a structural form? Your meditations. Your meditation is harnessing the prana. The prana is like the electricity that that created the the speaker boom that creates the wave that you can feel with your hand in the air. It's, it's the source that ignites the, the, the exchange of, of change. It's, it's the convergence uh, source. Without it, you don't have anything. It's like, a, you know, I was watching a program with a, a bell ringing. With air, you can ring the bell. If you go in a science lab, you put a big container around it, you suck all the air out, but it's still ringing. The less air in there, the less you can hear it. So the vacuum is done, you can't hear sound no more. You can see it ringing, but it ain't making a single sound. So oxygen, although it's invisible, is the means that allows the sound to travel. So manifestation without meditation like you teach is significantly less effective? Significantly less. And the only levels of, of success is basically whether you're able to get yourself into a meditative st state. But I always say, well, why, why, why get so cocky? Why not just put the true effort? If you want it that bad, why, why cut corners? This is the difference between me and everybody else. I don't, I don't cut corners. What do you mean by cutting corners? Well, they're going to just manifest because in all honesty, they don't want to meditate. And that's half the problem. But if they meditate and do that as their first step and commit to it and do a sincere meditation, then sincerely commit to doing their manifestation, the odds of the success are going to go up by 30%. That's huge. 
versus a 10% chance or a 3% chance. So by doing everything correctly, you're stacking these odds to a certain level. You can never get past a like a, a 40 or 50% because there are the problems of whatever you're trying to affect. If you want a specific person to be interested in you, how do you know what's going on in their life? What what you know, did they just get a did they have a trip planned for 2 years and they're getting ready to leave that you don't know about? You get what I'm saying? What I mean, so you got to you got to take that in consideration, okay? What what are the circumstances by which the universe has got to change what is already something that it can't necessarily change because it's so so in beauty, it's easier to just give that person a sense or a feeling of wanting to be somewhere. But when they're weighed with a responsibility of I have to be somewhere because I'm committed, it's very hard to subtly let the universe start to change their conscious choices. 50% is you don't know what you're up against. But some people would say, well, 50-50, what's the point of doing it? I said, are you kidding me? That's like flipping a coin. At least you know with, with at least several tries, four tries for sure, the odds of you getting the, the heads up are going to be a lot better than down. Where do you have those odds with no effort at all? How often should you manifest to increase your odds? I would prefer three or four sessions over a month that are good sessions. Well, if you want to be badasses, you got to do the work. If you just want to be an armchair philosopher, then sit back and admire me and all the things I've done. Wonderful, okay? But if you want to be like me or greater, which I'm happy to teach you, you've got to put the effort in. If you don't put the effort in, then you're just another person beaten by the, the dough who's convinced they're actually getting somewheres when you're not getting nowheres at all. It's just all a hologram. Escape the prison. Escape the hologram. That's the key. We are giving all listeners of Rebel Guru Radio an introductory discount on Higher Balance's course, Direct Manifestation. Check out the show notes at rebelgururadio.com forward slash episode 11 for details. If you like this podcast, please subscribe on iTunes and leave a positive review to help others like yourself find this knowledge. If you would like to support this podcast, please visit our online store at higherbalance.com. Meditation. It's more than just relaxation. There are different kinds of meditation, just like there are different tools to do a job. Finding the right kind of meditation will decide whether you awaken or whether you just simply drift. Energy. More than just a thought, but of movement that you can literally feel through your body. Visions. More than a faded idea within your consciousness, but rather a vivid reality so clear it'll make you question reality itself. Meditation, if used properly, will show you how to move the currents of your mind into a better life, a more prosperous life, consciousness expanding, memory improvement, inner balance, higher balance. Most of all, discover who and what you are and what you can do. Join us at Higher Balance Institute. We'll help change your world.
Thank you for listening to Rebel Guru Radio. 